This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. The Federal Emergency Management Agency, FEMA, is making a shift to better focus on the potential risks that homeowners have in flood areas. This will now have them quoting a more accurate risk assessment when setting pricing for flood insurance premiums. Part of the hope here is to have the National Flood Insurance Program better able to cover the cost of catastrophes rather than borrowing money from the U.S. Treasury. Howard Kunruther, Professor Emeritus at the Wharton School, also co-director of the Wharton Risk Management and Decision Processes Center, follows this area very closely. We've talked to him about it before, and a pleasure to have him back with us. Hi, Howard. How are you? Always good to be with you, Dan. I'm just fine. Well, you know, it's interesting. In all the times we have talked uh, over my seven or so years uh, here on SiriusXM, this has been one of the the most common areas that we have talked about uh, that you said you have said for a long time that change was going to be needed, and now it appears that we're going to we're, we're going to see it. That's exactly right. Uh, uh, the Federal Emergency Management Agency has been working uh, to try to make sure that they can do a better job of pricing their flood insurance premiums. They've been working with Milliman uh, and now have really laid out risk rating 2.0, which hopefully will be accepted and uh, distributed in the early fall and maybe in the next month or so. Uh, that really does highlight the fact that people have uh, have premiums that are actually going to reflect how large their flood risk actually is. And it raises, obviously, a number of questions because uh, there are a number of people in these areas who are low-income people or who feel that their premium shouldn't be raised. But uh, you're absolutely right, Dan. We've always felt that it was most important to have a principle that premiums should be risk-based so that people knew how serious the hazard was, but also because it would enable them, if they wanted to make their house safer and mitigate, they could get a premium discount. And if the premiums were highly subsidized, then the insurers and the flood insurance program would have no real incentive to lower the premiums because they're they're too low as it it is. So that's a reason for having a risk-based premium, but there are challenges, as uh, we can discuss, that uh, go along with that principle. So... So, Howard, in terms of the data that is going to be added in, if you can, give us a little snapshot of, of what is changing uh, to to move us forward to this 2.0. Well, I think that basically what, what uh, individuals will be told is that now uh, that they've looked at premiums in a very more systematic way, your premium may very well go up. It could also go down. It isn't, it isn't going to be in, in one direction at all, but there may very well be areas where the premium, because of actually looking at what the likelihood of flooding to these houses will be and what the damage will be from the flooding, that's what really a premium is based on, the, likely, the probability of floods of different intensities uh, and severities and the uh, consequences of that to the property. And putting those two together, you get a risk-based premium because that says basically what's the likelihood of this happening next year. And if the probability is very low, uh, even if the hazard is fairly high, the premium won't be all that high, but it, will, it may very well be higher than what the uh, homeowner has been paying in the past. What impact do you think that, that this might have longer term uh, on the issue of building, and and I know this is something you have also talked about 
uh, a lot uh, is the concern of building in some of these areas that are flood prone. Well, I think this is a really important question that you're raising, uh, Dan, because it, with climate change, with more severity of the flood risk, uh, both in terms of sea level rise as well as more intense hurricanes, and also with the collapse of this building in Miami, which has also raised yeah. other questions for insurers in terms of whether what they can and, and cannot insure, you're going to have a real challenge. Now, the flood program is a national program, and so the flood uh, so in that sense, uh, FEMA, uh, the Federal Emergency Management Agency, would continue to offer coverage. But you're also looking for private insurers to get into this. And that is what I think uh, may happen. We're going to have keep a record of this. But we also, I think, uh, can highlight to the homeowners ways that they can adapt to this flood hazard. For example, making their house more floodproof, uh, putting on shutters in, in the context of hurricanes, elevating houses, which a number of homes are... Those are costly things to do, but they will reduce the risk, and they would also reduce the premium now that it would be risk-based. Yeah, and, and I know, uh, and you probably are well aware of, you know, so many people... Uh, along the New Jersey coastline uh, after the storms we've had in, in recent years uh, have have uh, taken their homes and, and built them up higher, put them on higher stilts so that uh, they would not have a significant impact. And you're right. That is a, a it is a in many cases, it's a large price to pay. But when you think longer term, uh, the value of it uh, ends up being something that uh, is significant. Right. I think that's exactly right, Dan. And the one aspect that I would want to indicate is if you can tie these measures of mitigating to a longer term payment, rather than having to incur the very high, what can be a high upfront cost of elevating, put it in terms of a loan and then have the premium reduction uh, actually reflect the fact that and now you have a lower risk, you might actually find the premium is going to be, uh, the reduction will be greater than the cost of the loan, and this will be attractive financially for people to do this, for homeowners to do this. And the one other point I'd want to add, and you and I have talked about this, is that you do have low-income people, and we do have, as you know from our earlier discussions, a second principle that general public funding should be used to address the fairness and affordability issues. And so if their premiums going considerably higher, you may have to help them out with a voucher like we do for food stamps or something, but you might also tie that voucher to the people mitigating, and when you do that and giving them a loan, then they actually will find their premium will go down significantly, and that would save the federal government a fair amount of money in the process. Right. So for for people that are hearing this for the first time, this is not necessarily a, a, you know, a locked in stone negative that they're going to see their rates go up. It's just depending on the uh, the, the scenario and, and how the house sets right now. That's exactly right. And in fact, their premium may go down, as I indicated earlier. And if it goes up and they can get a loan or they can do something tied to their mortgage to help them uh, make their house safer and see their premium go down, they may actually be delighted that they have done that because of the savings that they will have. And of course, the house will be that much safer should there be future floods or, or hurricanes. Howard, thanks very much for your time today. Greatly appreciate your insight. We will uh, catch up again with you soon. Thank you, sir. I I look forward to it, Dan, and thanks for having me. And uh, we'll see some progress made in terms of reducing risks in the future.
Thank you, Howard. Howard Cunruther, Professor Emeritus at the Wharton School, co-director of the Wharton Risk Management and Decision Process Center. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.